It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello, people of Philadelphia surrounding areas. I'm not going to run them through again because who knows where people listen to Flyers podcasts. Welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. I am Steve Jaco. This is Craig Forsythe, and we are here to preview your Flyers week ahead for the week of 11, uh, 11th, November 4th, 2019. I'm thinking of the number of the month instead of the actual name <laughs> of the month. How about that? Craig, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm excited for this week in November, whatever that week was. I mean, I'm ready for these uh, these four games, and uh, we'll see how the Flyers are doing. I'm not feeling great about these four games, which should bode well, because I thought they were going to do pretty good this week. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I've made two bold predictions for game outcomes, and they've gone the exact opposite way. So I'm not feeling good about Tuesday. Look for a 5 nothing win. There we go. Just the opposite. Go. Yeah, just whatever I'm vibing on, we're just going to go the other way, and it'll work out just fine. So well, as long as we're getting the, the results out there. Starting off with the state of the team, the Flyers are, are pretty mediocre heading into this week, 6-5-2. and two. That is almost the definition of mediocrity. Middle of the road. Yep. Uh, and I think they're like real early playoff watch or like three points out of a playoff spot. So right. They're right there. They're in the mix, but not, uh, not really terrible. Not really amazing at the moment. They are flying it the hell up. <laughs> yeah. They're really splicing out with these uh, flies and dies. So we had a, by the way, you and I have to figure out what a, an overtime or shootout losses. Cause you can't really, it's gotta be like a, like a half a death. That's gotta be. We'll yeah. It's like, it. it's like mostly dead. Like a coma. We go, a coma uh, yeah. Too aggressive. All right. Yeah, we'll go with coma. So we got we got six flies, five dies, and two comas. Two comas. Yeah. So we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're already off to a hot start. It's a brilliant uh, start for the forecast <laughs> this week. But yeah, the the Flyers been real mediocre, kind of maddening. You know, you get one game where they've been great, and one game where they've been terrible, and then one game where who knows what the hell you're getting out of the Flyers. But that. Is the Flyers same old Flyers? I guess, kind of. But I, uh, yeah, I feel they, like Travis Sanheim skating and play against the Maple Leafs is some uh, like a good summary of the Flyers season. Like falls over on a play and then has his goal in the third period. So that seems kind of like the way to go. It, it's just you can't, you don't know what's going on with this team right now. It's very up and down. But uh, yeah. Well, and it feels like they're still trying to to find their way. One of the things looking into this week, uh, they're mixing up the lines again. And uh, I think the biggest move of these line mix-ups is the move of Claude Drew back to center and uh, centering JVR and Joel Farabee right now. Yeah, yeah, breaking up uh, Drew and Forajak, too, who have been pretty much together the whole year. Uh, and I th- I'm interested in the JVR-Drew Farabee line. I know that's what they went with on. On Saturday too, uh, and of course, Lindblom Coots connect me is a is a line that's just going to be that might not be in the best line of the season, honestly. Yeah, uh, they, you, you can't break that up. It's just yeah, too good. It's not it's not nowhere near the same caliber of the the Bruins line, but it's a line that feels like every single time they're on the ice, they they get a scoring chance. And right now, when you're the Flyers, I think you need at least one line like that. They should have depth to cover that up, but we shall. Yeah, and then the third line currently 
We shall see. Uh, currently consisting of uh, Raffle, Hayes, and Boracek. And this almost feels like, well, we got to put these guys somewhere. And that, that's not yeah. in, that's not really a, a damning review of the play of Raffle or Hayes. I mean, Boracek's being, he's being classic Jake. And we've been blocked again. Oh, boy. There's always <laughs> yeah. blocking people. But yeah. uh, Jake is really a good summary of the Flyers where one game he'll come in, he'll have five points. And then the next game he'll just have uh, – absolutely nothing and you wouldn't even know he had shown up to the arena yeah like it's it's he's doing everything or you don't know if he suited up that night and honestly uh, ironically i feel like you kind of say the same thing for hazy's last couple games i i assume it's the demotion to the bottom six but i feel like we haven't seen him doing his usual kevin hayes plays where he's just taking the puck all around the ice at will so hopefully um i don't know if he'll get back on his groove but we'll, we'll see what happens there um uh, what did you think of uh, what did you think of Rupsoff in his debut? His don't you mean don't you mean the germ? I feel like he hasn't leaned towards uh, the germ or Ruby yet. I, I feel like he's been very much a, a fourth line piece at the moment, yeah, which so is good. Not Doctor Jekyll, not Mister Hyde. He's just he's just German Rupsoff. He's there, German yeah. Herman. <laughs> yeah, the German. Are you? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done uh, with alter alternatives for his first name. But uh, I will yeah, say he's, he's kind of skating down the middle, which I'm okay with as well. I like uh, I like Torinsky and Pitlick on that line as a as a fourth line, I guess, more than killing it so far in the the AHL. So I'm waiting for you know his front office front office has actually done things and kind of you know, had a bias for action. So I'm waiting to see if NAK or somebody else comes up as that, as that 12th forward, by the way, Steve, I didn't pick up on it now. And I obviously didn't pick up on it last episode. Did I say Michael raffle there? I, I believe so. I actually was not looking out for Michael Raphael. I, I mean, it's a very, it's a, I can explain that one pretty easily. It's my godson's name. I just didn't realize I was saying Raphael last week. So that would be, if you're wondering why I created a player named Michael Raphael, that would be the explanation is, it's my godson's name. So that, that's the only, that's the only confusion there. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't catch it. I can't. I, can't I just wonder, I don't realize how many times I said it, I guess, because it wasn't just once or twice, apparently. Steph's on top of it, always pointing that out, announcing it to the public. I appreciate that. It's always good. <laughs> Craig made a mistake. <laughs> Read all about it. So, uh, but Michael Raffle is in the bottom six. Uh, but yeah, I mean, because Roof's off, good two-way player. I find with him on the fourth line. And Pitlick, I mean, yeah, Pitlick's whatever so far. Uh, and I feel like Provorov Niskanen is starting to become like the top pair. I feel like they've kind of settled in as the the top pair this year and well, they can figure out most, something they've been the most consistent defenseman yeah Irish parents yeah and i mean uh if you want i was going to say the the issues that i have with braun and niskanen or like some of the things i was talking about last week i feel like could be a big issue against a couple of the teams this week so um but we'll we'll talk about it when we get into the uh into the games yeah yeah, and uh, Ghost and Braun, not great. And Sandheim Myers, we're hoping Sandheim picks it up. And and Myers, well, it's just nice to have him up here. Yeah, I'm not. Are are you worried about Sandheim? I'm not really worried about Sandheim. It's really like he just. It's early. Like, yeah, it's and like the only thing I really feel like he's just falling over. Like it's 
that's the big thing. She just keeps falling over on these goals, but the stats are there and we see the offensive upside is there. So I'm not, whenever he stops falling over, I think everybody will be, everybody will stop uh, worrying about Sanheim, which is like a, a, a crazy thing to say about a pro athlete. But I feel like Flyers defensemen keep getting in it. Like last year was once Ivan Provorov stops setting up the other team in the defensive slot, we're going to be okay. <laughs> like, I feel like other teams don't go through those weird gaps with players, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Classic Flyers, right? Classic, yeah, classic Flyers. Classic Flyers. Classic Flyers. <laughs> now, before we get into the games, I just wanted to go through some hot topics. Your your things you should be that should be on your radar this week. Things to worry about. Things to just know, basically. So uh, we talked about Drew back at center. That is a, a big deal, uh, specifically because it feels like his production on the wing has been so good. But at the same time, this gives Flyer the Flyers better de- center depth with. Scott Lawton out of the lineup and Nolan Patrick uh, continuing to be MIA with his uh, migraine issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I think once one of those two comes back, I think he goes back to the wing because then he can use, you know, Couturier Hayes Lawton or Couturier, Couturier Hayes Patrick down the middle. But uh, yeah, well, we know the timeline on the Lawton injury. Uh, the Patrick injury is a whole other fucking thing. I, I mean, yeah, the I mean, yeah. the, the, the Patrick uh, the the status of Nolan Patrick at this point is starting to veer into will he play this year level. Yeah. And yeah. I thought Chuck Fletcher gave an interesting answer when Jordan Hall at NBC Sports Philly asked him about it. Uh, Chuck said, I can't speculate on that. I'm an optimist. I can tell you he's a really important part of our team. You look at our situation now, we have two centermen, two key players on our team that are out. Nolan's a player who will help us win a lot of hockey games when he gets back. We're hopeful. It's a tough situation. Again, I won't speculate because I can't. I can't predict what will happen. And it's, yeah, yeah. and it's that, it's concerning. It's, it's more concerning. It's almost more ominous that he is, I can't speculate on it. Right. Yeah, it's not a good sign because, I mean, we always hear some sort of timeline, regardless of if it's a long time, we hear about it. Like if they say he could have easily just said he's going to be out long term. And then that would have given us like him not knowing the timeline. I think like I, I wonder if he's kind of holding back on some information. I don't want to say that, but I feel like he just they just don't know what's going on with him. This and just uh, Craig like, Forsyth accusing <laughs> Chuck Fletcher of holding back key information. <laughs> Chucky two secrets no I, but Ooh. he yeah that's his uh yeah Chucky two shames Ooh, that's a pretty good let's keep making fun of him because and pin the Nolan Patrick issues on him we'll just go with that it's all it's all Fletcher's fault he should Patrick should have been playing I do want to say strategy. uh media strategy right <laughs> speaking of Jordan Hall uh another Jordan Hall tweet I saw was how Sanheim was working with skills coach uh Angelo Ricci I think uh, before and after practice, I believe. So Sanheim is getting the work in to, you know, take away some of those uh, minor mistakes. And so Jordan Hall, all we need is Jordan Hall to keep tweeting. And I think this, we can keep Flyers forecast going. That's what we need. So Jordan, yes, thank yes. you. Keep Thanks, tweeting. Jordan, yeah. <laughs> for keeping the forecast going. Uh, one other injury thing I wanted to mention before we get onto the games. Uh, Sean Couturier is dealing with a shoulder issue right now and considering Sean Couturier has been I would say far and away the Flyers best most consistent player this year that is uh that's startling that's uh disconcerting it's not news you really want to hear 
No, uh, especially when you have two other centers out. But also, it is Sean Couturier. I would value him more than the other two guys out so far. But the he pulled the Forsberg shootout move with, with his shoulder the... barely hanging on. Yeah, with the shoulder strand. So it's it's interesting because he can't take faceoffs yet. He's gonna bedazzle the shit of a goalie on a shootout goal. So I don't get it. But he, yeah, he's hurt too. I, at this point, I, I mean, we're early in the season, and Sean Couturier is very important. I wonder how much that injury has impacted him or whether or not he should sit. I, I will take a couple L's right now if it means he sits out for three games and then he's fine. Or if it's a thing, he sits out for a month and then he's fine. I don't want it to be – I don't want 70% of Sean Couturier for the rest of the year. I'd rather take a three-week hiatus without him and then have him at full strength the rest of the year. Or you don't want a Deshaun Jackson situation where he tries yeah. to tough it out, plays – two snaps, and then gets the surgery anyway. Yeah, although it does sound like the Flyers medical department is a little bit better than whatever the fuck they got going on with the Eagles. But yeah, exactly. That That is what I'm talking about because I'd rather... Yeah, because then he could just, you know, he could get even more hurt playing through it, obviously, and then that's just the worst situation. Um, but that's... I mean, it's really the, I'm really just more concerned about the Patrick stuff because it's been stuff even when they said it was going to be week to week and the stuff where they weren't putting players, they didn't put uh, put him on LTIR because they thought he could come back. And it just sounds like something nobody really has a grasp on what's going on. And I think that's just a bad sign going forward because we don't know when it's going to pop up anymore. And it could be a thing where he's going to play a few games and then he's going to start feeling it again and then he's out even longer term and I, i'm just worried that this is a thing that's going to stick with patrick for a while that's what i'm yeah. worried about but again i don't i don't know anything about the situation that's going based off what they're giving us and this fletcher quote and everything else so we'll see i'm just i'm really kind of worried about patrick's future well it's essentially based on what they're giving us and more so what they're not giving us and we're, yeah. we're analyzing yeah. it to death at this point but you know because there is no news yeah, exactly. That's just how it is. That that's how it is, and I think it's time that we quit speculating about Patty Nolan's and uh-huh. move on to the games. So first up on the docket this week, Tuesday against the Carolina Hurricanes, a very good hockey team thus far this season. It should be yeah. a challenge for our Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Yeah, uh, they come in nine four and one plus eleven goal differential, fourth with a fifty two point eighty seven Corsi four percentage, and they're second with a fifty four point seventeen expected goals four percentage. The scary thing on top of that is they're top ten in both Corsi four per sixty, Corsi against per sixty, expected goals against per sixty, and expected goals four per sixty. They're in the top ten of all four of those categories. So they're really not clicking. They're they're clicking on all cylinders right now. There's not anything that you can really kind of attacked them with and uh i mean morazic has been fine this year 915 save percentage 2.33 gaa and uh they are gonna have two days off for the flyers game and it's not a back-to-back so uh should be getting a well-rested team there shouldn't be any schedule advantage for the flyers so i think this is going to be a pretty difficult game and i think the hurricanes are a quick enough team that'll highlight some of the things i was worried about with braun and niskanen but hopefully Hopefully the trend of me being absolutely fucking wrong on all these first game predictions is is keeps going and the Flyers just come out and dominate the Hurricanes. I'm, I'm just not feeling too confident, Steve. I don't know how you're feeling about this game. <laughs> I'm just not. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling overly confident. It just blows my mind that uh, Peter, Mr. Azek himself, is 7-1-1. <laughs> one one. Like Peter Morazic, yeah. 
absolute disaster of a, a goalie after a couple decent appearances for the Flyers. Went to Carolina and became like rock solid for them. Yeah, I honestly think I'm putting that more on the team in front of them. And I remember like during the preseason predictions, I don't think you were as high on Carolina as I was. And I realized that I feel like they don't have a ton of star players. Like, you know, Sebastian Ajo is your biggest player. I don't know if you really he's a good player, but I wouldn't say he's one of like the top five names people think of when they think of stars in the league. Right. I wouldn't even put him in the top 15 as far as names Uh, like yeah he's a a great player he's a a guy who would absolutely want on my team but if you're thinking of stars he's i wouldn't put him in the top 15 right so i think i think the hurricanes are nothing but a team of oscar limbloms where we know how great they are and their underlying numbers are great and they do literally everything every small thing they do correctly and they can chip in offensively i feel like their entire forwards corpse is just oscar limbloms like players like nino niederreiter that get traded for Cal Clutterbuck and Victor Rask, but they're a very good play driving forward that most teams need on their roster. So I feel like that's, it is a very impressive forward core that they have going. Not, not a dead body, Craig, not a dead body. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So that one, he caught up. That one has always bugged the hell out of me. Corpse versus core. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. You're right. It's a bunch of Limbloms, guys who are just smart players, guys that, that you, you don't really have any weak points, but you don't have anybody that's Ovechkin level. Yeah, and they're all they all seem like they're quicker forwards, too, which speed is a is a big thing. So you get guys that are quick. They're throwing a lot of pucks at the net. They're probably retrieving those pucks more times than not. I feel like that is a thing that the Flyers are have kind of struggle with early on when teams get into the defensive zone they usually don't get out to the boards quick enough for rebounds so i feel like chris stewart isn't all over it you mean chris stewart isn't fast enough to take these guys down (laughs) yeah yeah you're you you're not gonna believe it but chris stewart's not doing too much at the puck retrieval transition game now (laughs) not not doing too much out there so but that's the thing if he plays or like that fourth line out there against anybody on carolina i'm kind of scared of uh and I'm just scared of, you know, the ghost Braun pair. You got Braun, who's probably going to be flustered with speed all game, and then Ghost, who doesn't quite look like himself still. And then, uh, you know, if Sandheim falls over, that's even more time for a two-on-one for them. <laughs> you know, it's these things I, I feel like I could see tomorrow's game going very poorly for them. But but it's gritty Chia Pet night. That's all that matters. Ooh, okay, that is a game changer. I will say that. Uh, and I assume, I think Hart's going tomorrow, I believe, is what I saw. There's no reason. I don't think I'd put him or I, I wouldn't not play him tomorrow. So Harden on Tuesday. And then I would assume he goes Thursday against the Canadians. Yes. A home game against the Montreal Canadiens. 7 p.m. game on NBC Sports Philly. Montreal, pretty good so far. But eh, well, actually, I'd say just barely better than the Flyers, right? Flyers 6-5-2, uh, and two, Montreal 7-5-2. and two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and their play driving numbers are kind of... Uh, I mean, their player numbers are pretty good, but that's a game that feels like it's going to be a lot of uh, high event game. It's going to be a lot of shot attempts, uh, not, not too, too much defense, because the Canadians are very good offensively, uh, not too good defensively there. Ninth with a 52.07 Corsi 4 percentage, second in Corsi 4 per, six, uh, Corsi 4 per 60, but then 26 in terms of Corsi against per 60. Same with the expected goals 4 percentage, sixth overall. Third and expected goals for per 60, but then 18th and expected goals against per 60. 
So a lot of pucks are going to be going towards the Flyers' net. Uh, I think there should be a lot of off- offensive chances for both teams, which should – I feel like that's the thing that should bode well for the Flyers. But uh, but we'll see. Uh, and Carey Price, I think Carey Price will be in that. Uh, they have three games over five days, but no back-to-backs. Uh, so we should see Carey Price. 9.15 save percentage, 2.64 GAA. One shutout so far in 11 decisions. And then Keith Kincaid has – I mean, I hope we see Keith Kincaid because he has an 879 save percentage <laughs> and 4.36 BAA. Yeah, he's he hasn't really been a Keith Kincaid yet. So he, uh, well, he had a couple. <laughs> he hasn't really been Keith Kincaid yet. Like that's something to write home about. <laughs> yeah, you know, Keith Kincaid, parental top ten goalie. So I'm just saying he hasn't hit those. You know, it's usually Lundqvist, Price, and then Keith Kincaid, and he hasn't quite been playing at the Keith Kincaid level yet. Do you disagree? Do you not think Keith, you don't think Keith Kincaid's a premier goalie in this league? I don't think he's quite a Vasilevsky. Oh, all right. I, I might be fooling myself. All right. That's, no. that's, my, that's what the eye test tells me, Greg. <laughs> well, these numbers I have that nobody else uses. <laughs> no, he's fucking – he's middle of the road. I thought he had I thought he had a couple good seasons in uh, the last couple seasons, though, with, like, the Devils and everybody. Who cares? It's Keith Kincaid. We're spending Who too cares? much time. It's Keith Kincaid. Yeah, he's not this playing. is too much time talking about Keith Kincaid. Uh, but... Brendan Gallagher is going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, apparently, Jonathan Drewland's having a pretty good season. And that's all I can think of. Oh, Max Domi's doing Max Domi stuff. Uh, that's about it. All I know that's, is that that's Brendan Gallagher. Analysis. <laughs> all I know is from fantasy hockey that Brendan Gallagher scores goals, and that's all I know. He goes to the front, sits in front, and just cleans up garbage pretty much. And every shoot. time, every time you need to search for a fill-in, and you sort by goals scored, Brendan Gallagher's your first right choice. Up. <laughs> I'm gonna plug him right in. Yeah, so uh, I, I would expect that to maybe be the highest event game of the season so far. Just a lot of uh, just a lot of pucks thrown at net for both teams, uh, which is kind of how I expected this past Friday and how I expect next Saturday – or this past Saturday and how I expect next Saturday to go uh, with a game against the Maple Leafs, but this time in Canada. Another Saturday night game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto! Go Canadian boys, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Flyers. Who designed this schedule? I don't know. It's bizarre. It's good. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs being uh, just horrifically disappointing to Canada at seven, five and three. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. Canada would like to know why they are not undefeated at this point, but they, they're still the (laughs) Leafs. They're still a good team. They have some of the best offensive firepower in the league to worry about still. Yeah, and it was funny, though, because I did – I ended up going to the game on Saturday. And then I, when I was on my way home, I was looking at Twitter, and, like, Leafs Twitter could not handle a shootout whenever the Flyers. They were so upset with the team. <laughs> and it sounded like people were already questioning, like, effort and how there's not enough grit in the room. So it sounds like Two it's a points. time. Two yeah. points? <laughs> Against the Flyers? Why wasn't it 12 points? Yep. There's, a, there's a lot of – It'll be fun to watch the Leafs this year. I realize the Leafs and Lightning are kind of two teams that there's really not much more they can prove during the regular season. And for a couple seasons now, they keep hitting a certain wall in the postseason. So I guess maybe they're both just emotionally not giving a shit at the moment. I I would think that's it, because what can they really prove with these first couple games rather than knowing that they just need to come out and have a good playoff performance? That would be my guess as to those two teams' problems. But let's talk about the Leafs. We're talking about the Leafs right now. Uh, seventh with the 52. We're talking about 
the fact that they're ready to fire Mike Babcock, you know, or at least have the conversation to initially got, fire Babcock, despite they, the fact that we're a month in. They have, uh, they got somebody waiting on the wings on the bench. That's what I'll say about that. A little, little Dave Haxtell actually coming at you. Gonna go windsurf his way into the, into their DMs. <laughs> a lot of Dave Haxtell becomes coach, and then Dave, Cody Cece is gonna lead the team in shot attempts for the rest of the season. I'm ready for it. A lot of that point shot action. Uh, seventh with the 52.48 Corsi 4 percentage. Third, Corsi 4 per 60, but 17th in Corsi against per 60. And then 18th with a 49.43 expected goals 4 percentage. 17th in expected goals 4 per 60. And 16th in expected goals against per 60. That is not anywhere near where the Leafs were expected to be. The goals exa- the expected goals against per 60, um, they, they were expected to be, I guess, more towards the middle of the pack because they are a pretty offensive oriented team with not a lot of shutdown defensemen but the uh being on the bottom half of the league in terms of like generating uh high quality chances is a uh, very un very un toronto even if john Tavares has been out it's still not something that this team shouldn't be in the middle of the pack with those stats they should be blowing the doors off teams so i, I get mean, they have austin matthews and mitch marner they should 100 percent be blowing the doors yep. off teams and William Nylander actually came in, is now having a full season, not trying to jump in the oh, action wow. after uh, sitting out for a couple. Yeah, like they had, they got plenty of firepower. Uh, I, I, I really think it's just a mental thing with them right now because again, what what's the point? What are they proving right now when they know what they need to prove is a couple months down the road? That's my theory with those two. But it sounds like uh, Frederick Anderson. Well, actually, I don't know. They have a back to back with the Flyers and the Blackhawks to play the Flyers on Saturday, and then they travel to Chicago on Sunday. So I'm not sure if they're going to be getting Frederick Anderson or Michael Hutchinson. Hopefully they decide to throw Hutchinson at the Flyers because he is currently 0-3-1 with an 885 save percentage and 4.25 GAA. Uh, And then Anderson is 7-2-2 with a 904 save percentage and 3.00 GAA. Uh, So Anderson does a lot more work in Toronto than I think people realize, too because they do give up a lot of high-quality chances, and he bails them out often. So that will be another reason why I would like to play Michael Hutchinson, because it seems like he is not not quite there with that. Uh, and I would like to just get a lot of chances on Michael Hutchinson. Stephen? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would certainly hope that the Toronto Maple Leafs listen to our advice and say, it's not worth it to play Anderson <laughs> in this game. It's just not worth it. Kyle, baby, look, just you tell Mikey boy, just to play some Michael Hutchinson, and we'll uh, everything's cool. Play Michael Hutchinson, fire Mike Babcock, hire Dave Haxall as a head coach. You're on the right path, in my opinion. Perfecto. Perfecto. I do love I did love seeing people complain about Grit with the Leafs. Like it's just amazing that it doesn't matter how good of a team you put together skill wise, people always still want the the Grit aspect. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing, and it's. Yeah. That's hockey for you. That's just hockey. That's hockey, baby. And then finally, we move on Sunday, where the Flyers travel to Boston to take lots of verbal abuse against the Bruins, 7 p.m., NBC Sports Philly. This does not look promising. Nope. It looks like it's going to be a real painful loss. Uh, 10-1-2, plus 19 goal differential. Uh, third with a 53.16 scores, four percentage. 11th in Corsi 4 per 60, 3rd in Corsi against per 60, and then 13th in expected goals 4 percentage, 16th in expected goals 4 per 60, and 8th in expected goals against per 60. And Craig, would you look at that? Both their goalies are crushing it. 
Both their goalies are playing pretty damn well and benefiting from their defensive system. Rask, 7-0-1, save percentage, 149 GAA, two shutouts already. How many games have they They've played 13 games. He's got two, and Halak's also got a shutout, 3-1-1 with a 9-19 save percentage and 2.59 GAA. So they, I mean, I was, I've was i been watching NHL Network today. The biggest discussion around the Bruins was, should they break up their top line that's dominating? And that was their biggest concern with the team. So I'm not looking forward to the, I'm not looking forward to the Bruins game on Sunday, especially because it's a back-to-back. I'm not really, I'll be honest, I'm not worried about throwing Elliott in that game. Uh, I just, I don't think he's going to be able to survive the barrage. It feels like that's about to happen on Sunday is really what the issue is. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound great. Not great. And it may be worth your while to just check out whoever's playing Sunday night football that night. <laughs> Vikings, Cowboys. There you go. Uh, go Vikings in that game, clearly. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that seems like a better use of your time than this Flyers Bruins game. But I'm <laughs> still you... going to tune in because I have to. I'm legally obligated to watch every painful Flyers game. It's it's part of our eight-figure contract, so yes. But do you think – okay, so do you play Hart or Elliott on Saturday and Sunday? I think, I mean... I, I would just sacrifice Brian Elliott to the hockey gods and say, take him for the Boston game. And, like, I go, think that's the way you gotta go, yeah. Roll with Carter Hart in that Leafs game. Try your best to win that one, which is <laughs> yeah. far more possible. I Look, I'm not just going to lay down and die for the Boston Bruins, but it's not looking good. It's a bad matchup. And it's Boston just got so much talent from top to bottom right now. And uh, you got Bergeron to worry about. <laughs> The goal yeah, I mean, is great. The defense is great. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the thing is you're going to have to put the Couturier line and Pro-Ruff and Niskanen out there to try and shut down that top line and then hope you can get an advantage somewhere else. And I I don't know. I mean, it's just tough as is because it already is a schedule loss. Like you're traveling from Toronto to Boston for a back-to-back. And also the Bruins are pretty damn good. So um, that just feels like it's going to uh, – suck <laughs> but we'll we'll see how it works out honestly other goalie they throw out there too i mean it's not really like rask has been saving them but he's just had incredible numbers so uh it's yeah, we'll he's a good go. goalie craig he's a good goalie he's not, he's not bad yeah he's all right <laughs> yeah, uh right. I, I i i'm gonna uh, let's you want to do players pick players to watch this week? yeah so I've, just I've, a, I've, a quick so to wrap this up, we'll do the Flyers to watch for this week. Uh, last week, Craig went with Shane Gostaspare, who had one assist, five shots on goal. Not quite the Ghost Bear resurgence we were hoping for, but Ghost did a lot more than my pick, Kevin Hayes, who had zero points and nine shots on goal. We, I mean, I I picked the guy I thought was going to rebound, and he uh, didn't really. And then Kevin, Kevin Hayes was a good pick, and then he just, like... Couldn't bury it. I just, yeah, yeah. So there you go. But, uh... This week, I'm going with Sanheim. I think he's not going to fall over this week, and I think he's going to have another pretty good goal. And then everybody will be like, oh, yeah, he is driving play. He's absolutely fine. So that will be – that's my pick this week is I think Travis Sanheim gets back on track. All right. Good pick. I like it. I like it. I'm hoping that's the case because I definitely want to see Travis Sanheim rebound and have a nice, strong week. I am going with Joel Joel Farabee. Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I loving, like that I'm loving what I'm seeing from Farabee so far. Got his first NHL goal, his official NHL goal. It feels like he's just getting started. He is a great fit on this team. 
and I'm very excited to see what he does moving forward as a flyer. But yeah, he's the guy I'm picking to stand out this week. So fully expected to be JVR and Giroux. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was a good pick because of the, uh, the line switch. But no, he's going to get, I, I think he's getting his chances. And I think uh, Drew and JVR are going to set him up with some chances that he hasn't had him again with Hayes or whatever mismatch line he was on during those uh, messes against the Islanders. And uh, and penguins. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm thinking Sandheim. That's my I'm feeling it this week. I think he's going to rebound. I say that, and then he's going to get scratched one of these games. Like he's going <laughs> to like shit against Carolina, and then because we're already getting the uh, hey, AV knows he's playing like shit, and he's got the coaches' support, and then people are already throwing it at the idea of like what's going on with them. So it could go either way. I'm trying to take the more optimistic approach rather than. He's going to get scratched, and then we're going to start wondering if Dave Hack calls right. <laughs> like, just Hack calls up AV. He's like, "Yo, this Sandheim guy, you got to teach him a lesson." He's like, "AV, look, it's me." And then he's going to be like, "Who the fuck is this?" He's like, "Shut up, fuck, Davy boy." <laughs> Dave. I win surfing to your DMs. While we're at it, scratch TK too. TK's winning one of our best players. Scratch him. It is kind of fat, like. And fucking Limblom, the guy he just wouldn't give ice time to, who there's not a, there was no part of his game that anybody should hate. And Hacksaw is just like, mm, eight minutes. Let's give him eight minutes tonight, see what happens. Well, we get another chance for the Flyers to impress Papa Hackstall, and I know they're all just on pins and needles to do it, but it's, it's looking like it's going to be a week. They got some tough matchups all around. I think it's just going to be a, a really tough uphill battle, but we'll see what the Flyers got. And if they come out two and two, I don't think anybody will really be that surprised. <laughs> now, the question is, though, do you think they come out 4 0 and L? Because we usually, or I usually, have been absolutely wrong on some of these guesses so far. So I, I'm excited to see. I, I think they can go 4 0 now because they're going to do the exact opposite of what we're saying. Well, if they're I'm doing saying. the exact opposite of what we're saying, I'm saying they're going 0 4 and 0. No points. Yeah. No hope. No. <laughs> Prove me wrong. And we've been blocked by Voracek. <laughs> well, that's all we got. Uh, if you want to give us any feedback, best place is on Twitter. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. What are you working on this week, Craig? I uh, will have a line by line for the last two games, either out tomorrow or Tuesday when you're listening, or I'm gonna just push it back to Wednesday and do the last three games. So the line and the line by line now, the articles are gonna be a lot of stats based stuff and then from now on i'm going to try and do the tape watch the rewatching and all the tape notes i'm going to try and do less frequently but still frequently throughout the season so i don't know if one's going to be out this week because i haven't even gone back and rewatched the uh, the devils and leafs games yet and then it kind of becomes a time issue by the end of the week so hopefully uh should have my first one of those out next week but look for a line by line either tuesday or wednesday and then look for another one on friday to at the uh, the Thursday game or the Tuesday and Thursday games. Great. Uh, be sure to check out Line by Line. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Esteban. Make it Flyperbole for all of your hockey talk needs. And be sure to follow Broad Street Hockey, BSH Radio, all that good stuff. Follow and like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. That's how Facebook works. And be sure to check out all of our other great shows, BSH Radio, Flyperbole, Fluffle Flyperbole, uh, BSH Brief, and all of Bill's great post-game work, and occasionally Craig. Yeah, sometimes me, but Bill's got a hand on that. He does like 60 of them. He does like 60 of them 
the hustle does not stop. Yeah, Bill and Max. they're all good. So they're all damn good. Damn good work by Bill and the entire crew. Be sure to check out all that good stuff. And I'm Steve. This is Greg. And in the words of Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. <laughs>